Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, good to see you, Blue Ridge Church. I hope everybody's doing well. Special welcome to those of you joining us online. Hopefully you've had a, a good weekend. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for some warmer weather, you know, to warm up a little bit. It's about springtime, but uh, we appreciate you joining us today. We are going to continue in our series, Amazing Grace. And if you've been with us, we've been looking at different aspects of God's grace each week and learning just how big and just how massive God's grace really is. And and each week as we look at these principles, we're seeing how it applies to our life and really what it does for us. So if you're with us the first week, we talked about that personal grace. You know, when we have a relationship with Christ, there's a, a, a piece of grace that God gives us that's personalized for us that says we're approved, we're accepted, we're saved, we're loved, and we're cherished by Him. And we don't have to listen any longer you know, to what the world says about us, but we have to focus on what God already says about us. And then the second week, we looked at that continuing grace, right? God's sustaining grace, if you will, the part that encourages us and strengthens us and, and keeps us moving forward in life to become the people that God desires for us to become. When we want to give up and we want to quit on a relationship or, or quit on our faith or, or some other aspect of our life, it sustains us. And then last week, we talked about God's freeing grace, which is really... Truthfully, it's the foundation of your faith if you are a Christ follower. And I know not everybody is at that point, but if you are, it's the foundation of our faith. It's the part of God's grace that frees us from our sins and gives us an eternal home in heaven, but also gives us a purpose for living each and every day. So that's where we've been so far. Uh, today, what we're going to talk about, I'm pretty excited about this because, listen, it doesn't matter where you're at on the faith journey. You could say, yep, I follow Christ. You say, nope, I don't follow Christ. It doesn't matter. Today, it's going to be of benefit to you. What we're going to talk about today is something really that comes up a lot. It comes up in most of the conversations I have with people when they're trying to work through things in a relationship. It, it comes up at family dinner tables. It comes up in the workplace. It comes up among friends. And, and what I want to talk about today and what I want to look at today is giving grace. Because for the past three weeks, we've been talking about receiving God's grace and, and receiving different aspects of God's grace and, and what that does for us. But there's also another element where we're called to give grace, right? Uh, you know, if you read the scripture, God didn't just intend for us to receive it. He also expects us to give his grace, what are you talking about, Scott? You know, that's, that, that doesn't sound like something I really want to do. But, you know, if we've been blessed by God, we're to bless others. If we've been loved by God, which we have, we're to love others. If we've been forgiven by God, we're to forgive others. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it like this. This is the first verse on the outline. If you want to download that Church Center app on your phone sometime, you can access our notes or you can scan that QR code. But Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. So if we've received God's grace, 
And we've talked about how we receive that, then we are to give God's grace. And that's tough. I don't want to give grace to somebody who has hurt me, right? I, I don't want to give grace to someone who, who doesn't agree with me or see things the way that I see them. I see it with couples all the time. We don't want to give grace to our husband when he's made a mistake, or we don't want to give grace to our wife when they've made a mistake. Parents find it hard sometimes to give their kids grace when they've disobeyed and they haven't followed their instructions. I mean, it's one thing to receive God's grace, but this is a whole different topic to be able to give God's grace to others. So as we talk about this today, here's the part that I want you to think about, and here's the part that we're going to hone in on, and that is forgiveness. Because I think forgiveness is probably the top way that we give grace to other people when we forgive. Forgiveness is something we didn't deserve, right, that we got for nothing from the Lord, but it's also the most difficult thing for us to do in this life is to forgive others that have hurt us, to forgive people that have cheated us or wronged us or or, or something. But this conversation and this topic comes up all the time, dealing with relationships. I don't care if it's a friendship, a marriage, a dating relationship, you're engaged, it comes up all the time, and we struggle with it. Forgiveness is very difficult for us to give. And not only, think about God's grace for a minute. Not only is it hard for us to receive it. Remember the, the first week we talked about how we think we got to perform and we think we got to earn God's grace. So it's kind of difficult for us to receive God's grace. But again, when it comes to giving it, it's nearly impossible for us. And when we do give it, often it's half-hearted, isn't it? It's not sincere. Sometimes we forgive or give grace and we make it conditional. Well, I'll, I'll give you grace if you do this. I'll forgive you when this occurs. So let's look at what giving grace really is, and let's look at what true forgiveness is all about. Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to forgiveness. There, there's a lot of myths out there when it comes to forgiveness. And listen, I know as we talk about this topic, I'm going to step on toes. I'll I'll go ahead and acknowledge it because I have stepped on my toes all week. It's great when God says, hey, Scott, this isn't what you're doing correctly, so I want you to talk about it on Sunday. So I know it's going to be a a tough topic. But when I talk about forgiveness today and when you hear forgiveness today, it's not saying you have to forget what happened. All right? You know, forgiveness is one thing, forgetting is something else. The old saying, you know, forgive and forget, that's nonsense. We can't forget painful things that happen to us. It's almost impossible for us to forget things that were difficult in our life. Why is it that we can remember things, you know, from 20, 30, 40 years ago that happened to us? And we can recall it like it happened yesterday. A lot of you can remember, you know, high school, the the boyfriend or the girlfriend that broke your heart, right, that broke up with you. We can remember the bad business deal where we lost money and somebody took advantage of us. We can remember the loss of a job or the demotion 
at work. Why is that? Why do we always remember that? And the reason is, is because it was incredibly difficult. And it was incredibly painful. And and, and our minds, they don't forget anything. Our brain, you know, think of it as an internal hard drive. It's got the information in there. Now, we may be able to block it out, that painful memory, for a while, but it's still in there. And so what I'm going to propose today is instead of focusing on the pain and the hurt that whatever happened in your life caused you, I think we have to focus on what good came out of that situation. And you may be saying, well, nothing good came out of that situation. But if, if you know the scripture, God promises that even in difficult situations, he's going to bring good out of it. Right? This is a familiar verse to a lot of you, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we know that in any situation, even difficult, painful situations, God's going to bring something good out of it. Now, we read that verse and we assume that something good's going to be for us, not necessarily, right? It could be something good in someone else's life, but he promises to bring good out of it. But unfortunately, you know, in churches and, and growing up, we were kind of painted this picture that if we can just forget it, we're better off. You know, if, if you can just forget what happened to you, you're a good Christian, right? You're a, you're a strong person. You're an awesome person. But it's very difficult, almost impossible to forget. But we can focus on the good that God brought out of that situation because that's his promise. And again, it may not be good in your life. It may have been good in somebody else's life. So despite what happened that caused you pain and and hurt, what we have to remember is God was working in that. When we go through pain today or hurt today, we need to remember God is still working. And maybe that hurtful situation caused your character to grow over time. Maybe that painful situation you went through, God was able to point out things in your own life in your own actions that you were able to adjust. Maybe somebody came to know Christ and started to follow Christ. So when we give grace, when we forgive, really what we're doing is we're helping ourselves. We're pushing ourselves towards healing from that painful situation. So we take that painful situation, we try to remember the good that came out of it, and that pushes us towards healing. And to be able to do that, we have to give grace and offer some forgiveness along the way. Again, as freely as we've received, God says freely we should give. Now, when we give grace, this is another thing. You know, it's not forgetting. We know that. But when we give grace or we forgive, it doesn't mean that the relationship with that person that hurt us is going to be restored. Okay, doesn't mean that that relationship has to go back to the way it was. The reason we give grace, and the biggest way we do that is through forgiveness, and the reason we give forgiveness is to heal ourselves, to push us onto the path of restoration, and, and we begin to heal. 
Listen to Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That's what we're talking about today. Those painful things that broke our heart. Those difficult things that crushed our spirit. Now, I'm betting with a, a room this size and the people watching, most all of you have been through a broken relationship and you've come out on the other side okay, right? You've endured a breakup, uh, a friendship was dissolved, a, a work relationship just kind of dissolved, but you were able to come through that and you were able to endure and you were able to continue to move forward in life. I'm betting most of us have experienced that. Well, to get through that situation, you had to give. You, you may not have realized what you were doing, but you had to give some grace. You had to offer some forgiveness in order for you to be able to move forward. See, giving grace and, and giving forgiveness, it's the part that we do. The other person can't do it because they did the hurting, right? They caused the pain in our lives, so they can't give the grace or offer the forgiveness. That's the part that we have to do even if the other person doesn't ask for it. Why are we doing it? Again, so that we can heal. So it needs to happen quickly so that we can heal. And the reason so many of us haven't healed from a, from a past hurt or past pain it's because we're still holding ourselves hostage to what somebody else did to us, right? We have to give grace to them in order to free ourselves. We have to forgive them in order for us to be able to move towards healing and restoration in our own lives. You don't have to get back together with them or, or build that friendship to where it was when the hurt happened. You don't have to have them over to dinner, but you have to give grace and forgive so that we, so that you can be healed. So giving grace, really, it's, it's all about extending God's wonderful grace to somebody else. Trust, however, is different. And a lot of times we get those two confused. When we hear that Christ calls us to forgive somebody, we automatically think, well, that means I've got to trust them. No, these are two different things. Forgiveness is one thing. Trust is a totally different subject. Unfortunately, if somebody hurts us over and over and over again, guess what? We have to give them grace over and over and over again. We don't have to trust them, but we have to give them grace. I love what Luke 6.37 says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. So this topic that we're talking about today, as hard as it is to hear that you have to give grace and forgiveness to someone who caused you pain and a lot of hurt in your life, is giving grace is commanded by God. I don't really see where it's optional. But when we do give grace, it's going to minimize our own pain. So if you're taking notes, here's the first learning. Learning number one, giving grace is hard because most forgiveness is cheap and not real. Think about it, how often we forgive people. Oh, yeah, I forgive you. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We've kind of watered it down. Because for some reason in our culture, 
today. We don't want people to feel guilty or, uh, you know, for what they've done. We don't want them to feel guilty for the pain they've caused in our life. So we just forgive for every little thing. It's kind of like when your kids are always saying, I'm sorry. Right? It kind of gets watered down. Giving grace is not saying that it never happened. Giving grace is not saying, uh, hey, this didn't cause me a lot of pain. If you're having trouble, like I was thinking this week preparing this, man, this is going to be difficult to forgive some of the people that I think about in my past. But if you're struggling ever with giving grace or you're struggling with offering forgiveness to somebody else, you want to know why? Because it was a big deal. Because it was a really big deal in your life. So giving grace really says, hey, you set me back. You caused me a lot of pain. You caused me difficulty in my life. But I'm choosing not to hold it against you anymore. I'm choosing to forgive you because my heavenly Father calls me to forgive. That's true forgiveness. But just because we forgive the seriousness of the crime or, or whatever was done to us does not mean we have to restore that person back to the position that they held in our life before the pain started or before whatever they did occurred. Again, we give grace, we offer forgiveness as quick as humanly possible to get ourselves better, but that relationship may never go back to the way it was. It may never get restored to what it looked like before the damage occurred. And a lot of times we get that mixed up when we start talking about forgiveness. Oh, I got to trust them. I got to restore my relationship with them. I've got to put things back to exactly the way they were. No. This is about getting ourselves healthy from the pain that's been caused in our life. That's what it's about. And one thing that kind of helps with this, you know, giving grace and offering forgiveness, for me at least, is to remember that we're all sinners, right? We're all messed up, and we could have just as easily been in the other person's shoes and caused the pain and the hurt. And I'm sure we've caused enough pain and hurt in other people's lives as well. So instead of watering down forgiveness, we should save that forgiveness, and we should save that giving grace for those intentional hurts in life. When we've been wronged, when we've been cheated, when we've been hurt and someone did that intentionally, that's when we need to give grace. And remember that when we give grace and offer forgiveness, again, it's not the same as reconciliation even, right? Reconciliation may take years if it ever occurs. Forgiveness has to be quick. Giving grace has to be quick. Uh, reconciliation should be, uh, you know, the end goal in any relationship. And reconciliation simply says we can live with, at peace with each other. We can pass each other in the grocery store and not want to kill each other anymore, right? And you see this a lot of times with couples that have gone through divorce and they've got kids and then they, they reconcile to where you know, maybe they both get remarried and things work out great. They get along better after the fact than they did when they were married. That's what reconciliation is. Doesn't mean, again, you and the person go back to the way that you were, but you can live in peace and harmony with each other 
and you can both move forward in your life. This applies to a friendship, dating relationships, everything. And it takes time to reconcile. It's one thing to get ourselves towards where we're ready to forgive somebody, much less even think about reconciliation. But just know in the back of your head, that should be the long-term goal. And God is going to call you at some point to reconcile with a person in your past. Not necessarily everybody, but there'll be a time in your life when God's going to call you to reconcile with someone. And it's difficult. Listen to Matthew 5, 23 through 24. And this is from the message transliteration. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship... And about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you. Abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to this friend, and make things right. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Hey, this is a good way to get out of church, right? I don't like what the old man's talking about. This is a good way I can get out of church. No, this is about reconciliation. And then it goes on and says, then and only then come back and work things out with God. That's how important reconciliation is to our Heavenly Father. And He will call us to reconcile at some point with someone who's caused us pain. Here's something else, learning number two. Forgiveness, uh, forgiving someone cannot be based on conditions. Oh, I'll forgive you when you restore what you took from my life. I'll forgive you when you apologize profusely and I feel like you've apologized enough, or I'll forgive you when I think you've suffered enough. That's how we want to offer forgiveness if we have to give it, right? But we're not the judge. In our giving of grace, our offering of forgiveness that Christ calls us to do, it cannot be based on conditions. We received grace And we receive forgiveness unconditionally, and that's how we have to offer it. It has to be sincere. It has to be without reservation or with doubts. When we give it, it's got to be unconditional. And we can't even really look at the complexity of the offense. A lot of times we do, we rank those things and say, well, this person, maybe I could give them a little forgiveness. This person, there's no way because of what they did, I'm going to give them any forgiveness. Grace is not something that other people earn from us. We are just called to give it. And again, deep down, think about why we're doing it. It's for our benefit. It's so that we can heal in life. That's the goal. We can say it's not fair. We can be upset about it. They don't deserve this, but we have to offer it unconditionally when we offer it. That's the example Jesus set for us. Right at the crucifixion, look at Luke 23, 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Now think about this. This is right before Jesus is crucified. Nobody there at the crucifixion was asking Jesus for forgiveness, right? Nobody was asking Jesus to give them grace. He just did it. Now, if anyone would have had the right to not offer grace and not offer forgiveness, it was Jesus. But he gave it. So knowing what giving grace is, how do we do it? How can we actually give grace to other people when deep down we'd prefer just to get even, 
right? Or we prefer to make that person suffer. How can we give it? And we have to find motivation to do it. And I'll tell you, you will not be able to give grace or offer forgiveness to another human being without the power of the Lord. There's no way you're going to be able to do it on your own. And the only motivation that's ever worked for me to be able to forgive somebody who's hurt me or caused me pain is to remember that I've been forgiven. And I know that sounds cheesy, but that's scriptural. That's the only thing that motivates me thinking how much Christ forgave in my life Who am I not to forgive somebody else for something they've done, right? Listen to Ephesians 4.32. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, and here's that motivation, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That's really the only motivation that's going to allow us to do it in the strength of God. We don't earn anything from God. We don't work for anything that God gives us, so we shouldn't require it of somebody else when we give grace. We're simply forgiven, and he wants us to pass that on. Remember, as freely as we give, or as we receive, we give. So learning number three, the main reason, this is the main reason that we find it hard to forgive is because we don't feel forgiven. It's very difficult when you don't feel forgiven to offer forgiveness to somebody else. And this goes back to week one and how we process salvation, right? We judge ourselves when we sin. We get really down on ourselves and hard on ourselves. We take our salvation, you know, and take the cross back to works-based system. I got to perform. I got to get God to like me. I got to do enough good so that God will approve of me. Well, we'll do that to other people as well because that's the way we're thinking. I got to earn it. They have to earn it. But because we receive forgiveness, we simply offer forgiveness. Because we've received grace, we simply offer grace. Matthew chapter 6, 14 through 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. (laughs) That right there should be motivation enough for us to want to give grace to other people. And when we do give grace, here's another thing. You you can't have revenge in your mind, right? There's no room for revenge when we give grace. I know deep down we like to hurt that person, make them suffer, cause them pain like they caused us, but we can't allow revenge to be on our agenda. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 28. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Anybody like that verse? Anybody got that verse on their refrigerator? Probably not. But a sure sign that we are on the way to extending grace and offering forgiveness is we're able to pray for the other person. Pray for them and not desire to seek revenge. And I know when somebody suggests praying for an enemy, you're like, no, that is not going to happen. Right? And I hear people, they'll say, well, Scott, you don't know what happened. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they did to my family. You don't know what they did to my spouse. And that's right. A lot of times I don't. But what I do know is if we will fill every ounce of our being with Christ, then we'll be able to extend grace 
and offer forgiveness. That's the only power that's going to allow that to happen. And if you fill your life with Christ at some point, you will get to where you can forgive and offer grace. And he's the one who calls us to do it. He never asks us to do something he doesn't give us the power to do. So he'll give us his grace to be able to do it. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. God's Spirit living in us will help us to overcome our desire to get even and to get revenge on somebody. And again, revenge isn't our place. Romans 12.19 says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. The scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. And even though that goes against everything that we're feeling and that we'd like to do, you know, to that person, we have to trust God at his word. So now at this point, talking about forgiveness, you're probably at at the point that you can say, yeah, I can do this. I can get past this issue. I can get past this, this hurt that happened in my life. But here's the deal. We have to forgive all the time. This isn't just one situation or a couple situations in our life. We have to give grace and forgiveness all the time. If somebody continues to hurt you, you have to forgive. If that same issue keeps surfacing, it can be the same issue, but you just keep thinking about it over and over and over again. Every time you think about it, you have to give grace and you have to forgive. Well, Scott, how often do I have to do that? And the good news is Jesus was asked this very question. And here's his answer, Romans 12, uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 22. The tech crew just had a minor heart attack back there. Uh, Matthew 18, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Jesus wasn't telling Peter, hey, once you get to 70 times 7, 490 times you're done. What was he telling him? He's like, Peter, this has got to be a continual part of your life. If you're going to follow me for the rest of your life, you have to offer forgiveness and offer grace. It's got to be a continual part of your life. So learning number four, giving grace and forgiveness should be a regular part of our life. I know you don't want to hear that, but the more grace that we give, I'm telling you, the easier it gets. The more we learn about Christ, the more we develop in Jesus's character, the easier it gets. There is a time that you can stop giving grace and forgiveness, and that's when it doesn't hurt anymore. When the pain goes away, When you think about how you were hurt, when you think about how you were wronged or cheated or whatever happened, and it doesn't cause you any pain anymore when you think about it, then you can stop giving grace because you've truly forgiven that person. And that's how we know that we've completed it because it doesn't hurt anymore when the thought surfaces in our mind. And I know a lot of us are carrying deep wounds. We're carrying a lot of pain Uh, Maybe we're filled with bitterness and resentment towards something that happened to us. And you don't want to do what we've talked about today. You don't want to do what God says. I get that. 
But let me tell you what's going to happen if you don't. As a buddy of mine says, you're going to become a miserable human being if you don't offer grace and forgiveness. Hebrews 12, 15 says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out so that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. That root of bitterness will grow if we don't offer grace and forgiveness to the people that hurt us. It'll eat us alive. And listen, it's not bothering the other person. Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And then Ephesians 7.9, don't be quick to fly off the handle. Anger boomerangs. You can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. I love that. We only hurt ourselves, in other words, with our anger and our bitterness. And it doesn't change the situation, right? It doesn't reverse the pain that happened in your life. It just makes us lose joy. And it makes us look like a fool because we won't do what God said and offer forgiveness and give grace. As hard as this is, God expects us to give grace. It's a two-way street. We can't receive his grace and then not give his grace to others. We're going to be hurt in life. People are going to disappoint us. The only question is, what are we going to do with those hurts? Are we going to internalize them and hold on to them and let them make us bitter and angry and resentful? Or are we going to give grace and offer forgiveness? So let me ask you a question as we finish up. Who is it that you need to forgive? Just think about that. I guarantee you that person kept popping in your mind today as we were talking. Maybe you would say, Scott, I'm not at the point of forgiving this person and giving this person grace. Fair enough. Here's what I'd call you to do. Start praying and ask God to give you the strength and the power to be able to forgive them moving forward. Ask him, hey, you call me to do this. I don't want to do it. I'm asking you to help me to get to that point where I can forgive this person. That's a fair conversation with the Lord. But if you are ready to forgive that person and give them grace, do it. Don't put it off. And if you think about it Wednesday, oh my gosh, I can't believe he talked me into forgiving that person. Forgive them again. Give them grace again. Every time you think about it, forgive them and offer them grace. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that you forgive us, that you give us your grace. Lord, so often... We forget that this is a two-way street, that you expect us to be your representative here on this earth and give that grace to others. Lord, help us to forgive those who have hurt us, that have caused us pain in the past. Lord, you know exactly who it is that we need to forgive and give some grace to. And I know there's people watching and people here, they're not ready to do that. And I'm asking that you give them the strength, and the grace to be able to start forgiving. Lord, thank you that you love us. Help us to pass that love on to others. Amen. As we finish up today, just a couple of uh, things. You can still get in a growth group. Make sure you go on our website, check out the groups that are being offered. Groups last generally from six to 10 weeks. Uh, A lot of people have already signed up, but I encourage you to go out there 
and check that out. Fill out those connection cards, if you would. If you've got prayer requests, please uh, put those on there. It's on our Church Center app, or if you scan that QR code, you can access our connection card. If you're worshiping through generosity, you can do that online today. Uh, Our adult ministry, our young adults ministry, they meet on Monday nights at 7 o'clock. They're kicking off a brand new study, which I've gone through this study. It's a brilliant study. So if you're 20-something and you're looking to find a group, this will be something that will change the course of your life forever. I hope you have a great week and you'll come back and see us next Sunday.